Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. That's right, folks. We are back. Nick McVicker joined by my great co-host Kyle Vardy after a week off where you and me ended up in Arizona golfing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are back, dude, to talk sports. How are you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Yeah. It wasn't exactly uh, happy to come back for work, but I mean, definitely needed to come back. So, Yeah, we kind of did. Mm-hmm. It sucks. I ended up working 26 hours the weekend after we got back, eh? Yeah, that's <laughs> nuts. 11 and a half Saturday, 12 and a half on Sunday. That's, yeah. That's... That was not fun. But hey, you know what? We're happy to be back. We are got a lot of sports to talk about because we got to fill two weeks. We actually get to talk about the Suns, who we went and saw while we were in Arizona. Um, we're mm-hmm. going to talk a little NHL action, too. Um a little soccer to get to i know craziness but we got some soccer to do uh but let's mm-hmm. start before we do that because it is still november dude gotta talk november you're still mm-hmm. rocking the mustache it's uh filled in with the beard nicely now i will say it was yeah. it was a little rough there for a while but um november is a great cause raising money to help support men's health around the world uh kyle you want to add a little more in there as we go yeah as as i said before it's uh something i've always wanted to be doing and obviously um i've had a few backers on my on my uh cause i guess if you could say um and then at the end of the month in the next couple of days i'm going to donate again for myself so um it's it's been it's been fun it's been you know i had some definitely some weird looks when uh it was just the mustache without the beard coming in as well so um definitely was something that it was it was kind of it was kind of refreshing i guess what you could say so um it, it, it was good it's it's been good and and i'm happy to support a great cause so and it is a great cause and we we love to see that you've been doing this because you've been talking about this since high school really um, but more recently you've been talking about getting it properly done. So the fact that you did it, we support you. We're going to be all in your, <laughs> all in your corner as we have a little guest for the first time on the show. He hasn't made an appearance yet. <laughs> I don't think so. That's Cooper. Folks. But I have, I have his glove. Oh, see that's and why. So he's, yeah. He's all for jumping up on me right now. So. <laughs> That's why. And there he goes. Well, as, as we were saying, make sure you donate to Movember. The cause is well worth it, and we will support you any way we can, Kyle. And, of course, we'll always support any cause that helps men's health. And if there's one that is women's health, too, we will definitely get behind that when it comes around. So um, let's get right into our kickoff segment, dude. Sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. Calling all kickers and punters in the Southern Ontario region. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferraro brothers, Daniel and Gabe, are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to take your special teams game to the next level. If you want to, if you want more information, visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or follow them on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy. And today, dude... Do you know where we're going with this one? We got to go to my team. Mm. And Ole is out finally. Hashtag Ole out has been trending for what? Three months it feels like. Yep. Well, he's gone. Is it the right decision? I don't know. But he's gone. And you know what? It's actually kind of funny. Like It, it happened after the 4-1 loss to Watford. And honestly, they looked awful that game. Just mm. pathetic putrid didn't deserve to be on the field yeah but he actually was pretty successful as a manager and i know that kind of sounds funny like everyone's like oh well like he obviously didn't do well he had a 40 a 54 win rate which out of all of the managers united have had since sir alex ferguson it's second behind only Mourinho, who everyone said was super successful and Mourinho had 58 percent wins it's really not that bad. He won 91 matches out of 168. Yeah. I, I mean, 
I, I would debate that the team he had, it definitely has the quality to beat that percentage, though. Absolutely. Like I, so I, I would say he played down to where that team potentially could have been. That, And I think that's why everybody's so up in arms is because the team they have right now, and I think the team they had last year, should have been way more successful than they should have been. Like they 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 should have they should have won they should have beat Villa you know, Villarreal for the Europa yeah they should have but they did not play well enough to expectations there well also De Gea um, had a bad game well hundred percent but at at a, at a certain point you also have to you know you, you can't no absolutely I'm not I'm I'm not denying the fact that Ole yeah. is at fault as well but I'm just saying like yeah. De Gea had a really bad game in that final like he did not look 100%. like De Gea. And I mean, I mean, you you look at this season, and yes, they're in. I think they're eighth place right now. Yes, they're three points out of being in sixth. But I mean, the team should not have seventeen points after twelve games. No. That's just not <laughs> that's not good enough. And and I think I, I think it honestly, it, it's partly because people who are Man U fans. No offense to you and Irfan, um, they're used to such high expectations that when those expectations aren't met. All of a sudden, it's well, the manager's got to go. We got to go. Got to go. Like, it's got to be gone, right? And, and and you know you don't look at Harry Maguire, who's been the definition of dog shit this year. Um, yes, he has for don't like try half and the games. It. Yes, don't for try half and the games. defend it. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm terrible. Saying, half the time he has been. Half the time he's been very good. That's the problem. Yeah. It's just the inconsistency, and that's where that's. I think you can say that for a lot of the team, though. Like it's not just yeah. Maguire. You could throw Lindelof in there. You could throw. Um, Pogba in there. You could throw Rashford in you there. Throw, I mean, Rashford. You could throw Shaw, who was looking last year, looked like a world class player, and now is looking like a good, okay player. Well, it's really hard when you have two center backs who can't stop a f- anything. Yeah. No offense. Like, I don't blame Shaw at all down that left side. He has no help at all. Yeah. It's 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 amazing watching some Man United highlights, and then just like just like the ball just literally skips through two defenders, and I'm like. Anybody want to grab it? Anybody want to, anybody want to get it? It's, no? Okay. It's really, really tough, too, because, like, I think if you put the lineup at, like, the perfect lineup when everyone's healthy, they're still missing a piece. Yeah. It's it's not a perfect lineup yet. Like, you talk about Liverpool, you talk about Chelsea, you talk about Man City. Like, if they put their top 11 out, right, their best possible 11, those are complete yeah. teams. Yeah. United is still missing one piece, and it's it's blatantly obvious on the defensive end and it's not a center back and it's not a wing back. It's a center defensive mid, like a true center defensive mid, right? Like if they had that, and I've been talking to so many people about this. If they had that Pogba doesn't have to play beside Fred or McTominay anymore. No, no. And honestly, what what you, what you really need is you really need Maddich in his prime is what you really need. Yeah. Someone like that, Um, or like an Owen Hargraves or a Michael Carrick back in the day, like those guys, like those guys in their prime, that's the kind of player you need. You need an N'Golo Conte is what you really need. Well, yeah, but that's what those guys were back in the day. That's what I'm saying though. Like I agree with you 100%. Yeah. And it's one of those, to me, I think the other thing, and this isn't on Ole and I think he kind of got shafted a little bit this year is I think bringing in Ronaldo was a mistake. Because right now, the way that team is playing, they're trying to funnel everything through him, essentially. And and I think they're missing that piece. And I think bringing in San- – well, also, him handling Sancho was a whole that different was a issue. Mess. That was a mess. Um, but it's almost as if, like, the players that they're playing right now are, are to me, obviously this is outside, they're much more focused on pushing forward and actually using the everybody. But – the way Ronaldo plays, everything has to be funneled through him. So it, it's it's a very much he's a at disconnect. The top, it doesn't right. need to be that way. That's just how they were playing. I'll agree with you. That's how they've been playing. Okay. But when he's playing as the as the top as the striker, that's not how he demands the ball. He demands the ball in the box. That's where he wants yeah. it. He doesn't want it in the build up play. And that's yeah. the problem is that they've been trying to funnel everything to him and then back out wide and then back into the box or backwards yeah. and then back forward. That's not how it needs to work with Ronaldo up top. If Ronaldo's up top, you want him to get the ball in and around the box. You don't really need him to be getting the ball at half or two-thirds of the way up the field. 
they need to be using the wings because we have incredible wing players. Right? You got Rashford, you got Sancho, you have Greenwood, you have Martial. Those guys are playing out wide. Guess what? Those guys are talented players. Right? So what we need to what they need to do as a team, I can't, I got to stop saying we because that's not I'm not on the team. Um <laughs> What they really need, as I said, they need a center defensive mid because what that would allow is that would allow Pogba and Fernandez to play side by side as more of an attacking position, right? So you have five guys back all the time. You allow Pogba and Fernandez to drop back if they want to get the ball or if they if you need a little bit more help because another team is p- pressing six or seven guys forward, which doesn't happen very often, right? We're not seeing that anymore. We're seeing four guys at the back for most teams or three with two center defensive mid sort of thing, right? So most right. of the time, you're only playing five five on five. So you get one of those guys to drop back, you got the advantage right away. Mm-hmm. So what, what that allows is it gives more space for Pogba to be a playmaker. It gives more space for Fernandez to find an open spot. They can become the catalysts of your offense. Not Ronaldo, because that's not what he needs to be if he's the attacking, if he's the high guy. right? If yeah. they drop him back into that midfield role, absolutely, you can funnel everything through him. Because... That's what that role is supposed to be. But as a striker, if he's dropping back, all that does is just it shortens the field. And it lets the uh, defending team to press you more. And that's not what this team is able to do right now. You can't. They can't deal with the press. They need yeah. to be pressing the other team or they need to be counterattacking, not dealing with the pressure. And that's yeah. the biggest issue this year. Well, and I, I, think, I think that kind of goes back to, to being, obviously, it's not all always fault because... I don't think this team, like this team is a good team. Don't get me wrong. They should be doing better than they are, but I don't truly think this team is built for long-term success, especially the way you're, you're saying right now is there's pieces missing. They have the names, they have all that kind of stuff, but there's pieces missing. The problem is is there's one piece missing, right? Like this team is very, very good on paper, but it's clearly missing one piece. Yeah. Yeah. What? So looking, going back to Ole himself, did you see the stat of his losses? No. That I, I might have, 50, but I, I can't think of it off the top of my head. He played 55 home matches yeah. and lost 13 of them, which is 20, 21% of Man United's total ever losses at home. Wow. That's... That just surprises me. It feels like, I don't know. I don't know what to say to that. Like it does. It yeah. sounds weird. It doesn't sound right. So Alex, Alex Ferguson, uh, had 405, 405 home matches. Right. Right. He lost, lost 34. Oh, he lost 10. Okay, so yeah. looking at 34 total losses is 54% of, all their total losses at yeah, home. He was a manager for like 25 years. Exactly. <laughs> so the fact that he has 34 and Ole was a, a manager for what? Three Two years? Two and a half. Yeah. And he has 21% of total losses ever by Manchester United. At home. At home. At home. At home. Wow. That's even worse than if it was total losses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I saw that stat and I was I was stunned. I didn't even know that. I was like, "Holy crap! How is that even possible?" Yeah, um, I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> I really don't. Like that's that's an interesting stat. I don't know what to make of that. Yeah. Um, so, well, I guess we got to move forward. And Ralph Ragnick is taking over, and I will be one hundred percent honest with you, Kyle. I had never heard of this guy before. Yeah. Not that he hasn't managed. He's managed a bunch of places in Germany. He's been at Stuttgart. He's been at uh, Rutlingen. Uh, he's been at Hanover. He's been at Schalke, Hoffenheim. Uh, he, he was RB Leipzig for a little bit. He's jumped around the Red Bull teams a little bit as a sporting director now. And he's now at Loco Moscow as the managing director of sport and communications. But he still is technically going to be with Loco Moscow. He is on loan with United for the remainder of the season. Hmm. He's not actually signed by United. I didn't know you could loan a manager. It's really, it's a really weird situation, and I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. Uh, 
because it just seems really, really odd. So they're releasing him from his contract, and he signed a six-month deal with United. Right. And he's going to work at a two-year consultancy role after the season's done. So he's literally just manager for the season. And he won't be there for the game against Chelsea on the weekend just because of uh, visa reasons or work permit reasons. Yeah. So he hasn't actually taken over yet either. Like, this is, is it just me or is this just like they rushed into something? Like, it, it doesn't seem like this was overly well thought out. No, I, I think it's one of those, like, I'm not sure if they were just so unhappy with the current staff that was behind Ole that they don't want to just say, hey, one of you guys step up and be the manager for the, like, the next little bit while we find somebody. Well, they did. They put Michael what? Carrick in charge until what? they found what? somebody. Yeah, for for what a game too. I know, but that's the thing. Like you, you already said that you were putting him in charge until you found somebody, and then you rushed yeah. into finding somebody. Like and then that's you, what I but mean. Then you you could have just somebody, been but... fine with him for a couple games. Like, what's it going to cost at this point? We're out of the. We're, I think we're already out of the EPL stand like uh, race. Like, I don't even know if we can compete. I don't know if United can compete for a top four spot right now. They might be able to compete for that five spot and try to get into Europa League. Like the goal now is just Champions League, and we don't have a. Uh, an important Champions League game until the new year. Anyway, you have time. Why? Why rush into this with Ralph? Like, like I don't. I think Ralph is a great position to bring in for like the director role. Afterwards, don't get me wrong. I think that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. But it just seems really, really odd that he's going to be the manager for six months and then just go into a uh, consultancy role. Like, well, that's what, like, especially with with what you said his last previous jobs was. It sounds like he hasn't even managed for the last three or four years. So it's no, like he hasn't. So it, to to me, that's one of those. I something's not adding up. I don't know. I something's weird. And, and I mean, I mean, that honest, quite honestly, man, you've been kind of weird with how how things been running the last couple of years, anyways. But um, it, yeah, it, it seems interesting. I I, I, I was watching um, some of the boys that do, that do the halftime for all the EPL games, and they were all saying that. Uh, Apparently they they weren't happy with Ole and his his subordinates. I guess is what you could say, um, his assistant coaches, and that they're very surprised they didn't clean house. Okay, but and, Carrick was there before. You can't clean Carrick out anyway. I, I mean, clearly, like the other, I guess the other thing is yes, obviously the head the head coach the manager takes the fall. Like, yeah. That's just how it works. Um, maybe at the end of the season they clean house. I don't know, but like what I've been hearing is all, all these coaches that are like, Oh, you know, um, Potch is going to come over or, or Zidane might be the coach and stuff like that. And everybody's like, no, they're not interested in the job. And it's like, Oh, okay. Interesting. I'm not, no, Potch is Potch said he was. Potch also said he wasn't leaving though. Yeah. Why would you, why, why would you leave PSG in the middle of the season? Like yeah. that, that, that's asinine that people were suggesting that. Like, I just don't. <sighs> I also, I also don't, I don't, I don't understand why he would leave in general. PSG now and in the future has a much better outlook right now. And it's not even close. Like PSG with everybody they have right now has a better outlook as well as you have a superstar goaltender in the way <laughs> in the wings just happens to be backing up Navis right now. Yeah, that's true. Like, you you have you still have name you have Neymar you have Mbappe you have Messi you literally have I would say three of the top 10 15 players fair I don't know I'm just I'm just floored and, and they're all they're all young other like Messi's the oldest one and even then I still think Messi has at least another two or three years I think he has two years and then he goes back to Argentina but that's yeah. just me personally he'll go to Miami play in the MLS Maybe he'll come to Toronto. We have a DP spot available now. Yeah, he's going to go where it's 85 degrees all year round. Yeah. <laughs> you, think, you, you think he's going to go from Argentina, where it is quite warm in Argentina, to it having... Cold in, it gets cold in the winters in Argentina. You forget, Argentina is the bottom part of South America, dude. No, I, I know that. I'm, I'm not denying that. I'm just saying it's not... It was, what, minus two yesterday. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have to be here in the winter. TFC and Yeah, he does. Like, if TFC makes the playoffs, he would. I didn't say they were making the playoffs. Well, if Messi's on the team, they sure as shit better make the playoffs. Why? We have no defense. 
Doesn't matter. Messi it in the MLS does. is going to score 75. Doesn't matter if we give up 79. <laughs> so, I don't know. But <laughs> either way, uh, United is going to be in for one until they truly find the next manager and bring in the correct pieces to make this team successful again. So, Yep. Yep. All right. I have nothing else to say to that because it's just really, really frustrating to watch this team have the talent that they have. And they do have talent. And Kyle, you're not a Man United fan, so you can agree to this. They have talent. 100%. They just can't figure out how to put the talent to good use, I guess, at this point. <laughs> That's a problem. I'm saying 2 nothing Chelsea tomorrow. I would probably say that's a very generous scoreline. Uh, I just, I, 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 we're gonna get some goals up, and then we're gonna sit back. That's what we do. It's but I could shit. just, I could still see it being like a three or four game. United might pick yeah. one because Ronaldo gets one, but like I could see this easily being a three-four-one game. I actually want to know the stat of how many goals Ronaldo has scored in the last ten minutes when the game is completely out of reach. And that he's like either got a PK or something where it's oh now it makes it four one instead of four nothing because I I feel like I look at the stats and every time he scores it's eighty first minute eighty fifth minute ninetieth minute ninety plus six it's like what the hell uh, let's see goals by minute this is why I love transfer market by the way yeah how detailed can we get for goals by minute. Um, this season he has six Champions League goals and four of them are in the last 15 minutes. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, he only has four Premier League goals and none of them are in the last 15 minutes, though. Maybe it's just the Champions League games that I'm noticing. Yeah, he does it a lot in Champions League, for sure. I'll I'll give you that. Um, last year he had 29 goals in Serie A and nine of them were in the last 15 minutes. I don't know if that... Wait, hold on. Hold on. Ronaldo only has four goals in 12 games? It seems like a lot more. Okay. But, but all his goals have come in big moments for the team. So it just seems like he's scoring a lot more because we only hear about the big ones. And then right. all of a sudden, he's he's just only has four. I'm very surprised by that. I'm looking at it right now. I thought he had eight. Yeah. <laughs> let's just let's confirm with the score app. Just, <laughs> gotta love phones, folks. Um uh, this will be my last question for you then on this topic. Obviously, we need to move on eventually. Yes, we but, do at some point. Um, do you think you, the team would be better off with Cavani at the top rather than Ronaldo? No. I think – No? I actually think Cavani is the perfect guy to come off the bench in in place of Ronaldo. Right. Right? Like, I think you start with Ronaldo those games, and then you have – I mean, in a perfect world, you have Rashford and Sancho on opposite wings, in my opinion. Right, because then you have the speed of Martial and Greenwood coming off the bench, depending on who you want to bring in and which side you want to put them on. Right, or if you want to put Martial up top or Rashford up top, you can also do that as well. And then you have Cavani being the big bruiser, but also good in the air, a good guy to like if you want to change the formation and put two strikers up top. Right, Cavani's the perfect guy to play off of Ronaldo. So I actually yeah. think Ronaldo is the right choice up top for this team right now. Because he will distract defenders. He allows Sancho, Rashford, Martial, Greenwood to make those runs around the corners and stuff like that and get the ball into the box. And then he's the perfect cleanup guy right now. Right. So I truly do think Ronaldo is the better option. How much better? It's debatable. Like, I still think this is a very solid team if Cavani is the striker. Right. So, yeah. Um, It is true. He only has four goals. And so does Bruno and so does Rashford. I don't – Jorginho, Bruno, I don't give a shit how many goals they scored. They're all on penalties. Yeah. <laughs> like, like to me, those guys, when you say goal totals, they don't mean anything. Like, you could put your striker up there and they would probably score the exact same amount too. Like – Yeah. I – yeah. <laughs> I can't deny that fact. It's true. Yeah. Um, like – because if if, George, if Bruno wasn't taking the penalties, then probably Ronaldo would have eight. Bruno doesn't have a penalty goal this year. Really? Interesting. Okay, then. He had a lot last year. 
I was going to say, he, I'm pretty sure wasn't One, every two, single goal three, last year. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine uh, Premier League goals last year were PKs. Um, let me see. Uh, how many how many goals did he have last season? See, now you're making me – got to, like, deep dive on all these stats now, dude. Why, why you got to do this to me? Um, he had – he had 36 uh, – sorry, 18 goals. That was 37 matches. He had 18 goals last year, so about half were so penalties. Yeah. Um, yeah, he does not have – he has four goals this year that are not penalties. That means his next four goals will be penalties. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's move on. That'll do it for our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. If you're looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. Visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy. Kyle, we're just going to keep rolling if that's good with you. Move straight into the NHL, and the big boys are starting to get hot. Mm-hmm. And it's taken a little bit of time. Well, not all of them couple of them were hot to begin with but oh boy the leafs caps abs and lightning are all surging right now Mm -hmm. and i don't know which team scares me the most i will say it's not the avalanche because darcy kemper is not the goalie yep he is not the answer i said it i wasn't sure about him everyone else was like oh but he's got great stats he's playing on arizona like no i don't think he's the answer i've watched him play Mm-hmm. Yes, his stats are good because he makes a lot of saves, but that's because Arizona gives up a lot of shots. Right? Yeah. Like, I'm not confident in Kemper, and it's just kind of proven to me over the last, well, at the beginning of the season, he's not the answer for this team, and they need to go find a goalie. I would rather Marazic. Well, not right now. Well, not right now because he's hurt, but you know what I mean. We'll trade him to you next year, no problem. I have a question for you on that. Joseph Wall right now is looking like a fantastic backup. So I have a good. question for you on that after, but before we get into that, which of these teams scares you the most? Um, I wouldn't say the Abs right now, purely because yes, they are they're slightly back, but there's there's still there's still work to be done on that team. Absolutely. Um, I, I would say right now, I mean, obviously the Hurricanes were hot to start with, and they've kind of stayed that way. You know, fifteen three and one in their overall record. Oh yeah, the um, Hurricanes are, in my opinion, the best team in the league. Yeah, I, I, I would, yeah, I would debate either that them or Florida. So, yeah, um, and, and you know, Florida's kind of cooled off a little bit compared to where they were. I think with saying that, they're still fourteen three and three. So, <laughs> I mean, saying you cooled off from but where five you were, of the, five of those something. six losses though, uh, overtime in total, have come in their last ten games. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think the hottest I think the hottest team to watch out for right now is the Buffalo Sabres. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I mean they have been surprisingly okay this year. So. Six three um, six, three six and one over their last ten though. Yeah, no, I, I would I would say right now I would say the the Caps are, are the, the to me the most dangerous team. You know, eight one and one in the last ten, um, and, and they've been they've been surging. That's the biggest problem, <laughs> biggest problem for other teams, not them. Um, you know. Ovi, we, TJ and I had this discussion last night. You know, obviously we were saying before the season that, you know, Matthews right now is the better player than Ovi. We're not going to get into that. That's part of it. But right now, Ovi looks like he's back to his old self. You know, a hat trick last night. Um, he's on pace for 70 goals. Yeah. It, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. Stupid. It's, it's stupid. And it's like one of those, like, hey, all the power to him. Like, I, I want him to beat Gretzky's record. We, we discussed this before. And it's like, it, there's no downside to him breaking the record. And I want him to do it. So, like, he, he's, been, he's been on fire, and he's honestly, he's bringing the Caps with him, and everybody else is kind of falling in line. Just think of, think of where this Caps team could be once Backstrom comes back, too. Like, Backstrom will be back in the next month or two, I think. Yeah. Um, and, and all of a sudden, you know, now their number one center is back in, back in the uniform, right? So it's like... It's kind of crazy to think where they possibly could be here. So, I mean, the goaltending has been, been good. Like, I, I wouldn't say it's been – I don't think it's been outstanding by any means. Maybe I'm, I'm wrong. But um, to, to me, it's, it's, it's been good enough. Right? The save percentage isn't there necessarily, but the goals against average is pretty good. So, um, I mean, you, you take that. You, you take it. And, and, and to me, that's the team to watch out for in that Metro. And that, in saying that, we also just said Carolina – 
who we think potentially is one of the best teams in the NHL right now, is tied with them for first in that division. So that that division is scary, it's for sure. Absolutely, and I I 100% agree with you that that division is scary because mm-hmm. if you look at that division behind them, the Rangers are playing really really good hockey. Mm-hmm. Like we they're not, we didn't bring them up in this because they have they're below eight wins in their last 10 so i didn't want to put them as surging but they have seven wins they're seven two and one in their last 10 games columbus is seven three and oh in their last 10 games they're a surprise right now pittsburgh's playing pretty good hockey in my opinion this year not great but they've also been dealing with injuries to their two best players most of the year and half of their Mm -hmm. roster was missing for two weeks yep i would even say new jersey and philly are playing decent hockey both are sitting on 20 points uh carter hart is showing flashes of being that great goaltender again. Mackenzie Blackwood has looked good as well. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> that whole division, if you look at it from top to bottom, the most goals they've given up is 56 goals. Yeah. The fewest goals given up in the Atlantic division is 48 from the Leafs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's eight goals more than the Leafs. <laughs> like yeah. that, that just seems crazy to me. And I know the Leafs division is awful right now. The bottom three are just, or I guess the bottom two more than anything. Buffalo has looked okay. But Montreal and Ottawa are pathetic. Mm-hmm. Like, bad. So, at the beginning of the year, I told you I didn't know which division was going to be better, the Atlantic or the Metropolitan. I can see both of them being very competitive divisions. In my opinion, Metro is now, like, way above and beyond the Atlantic for competitiveness this season. Yeah, I I, I know I no longer TJ and I all I have this debate all the time. Right? You know, which which one's better? Oh, you guys get to play you guys get to play Ottawa four times a year. That's why the Leafs are uh, that's why the Leafs have so many points. It's like, well, whatever. But like I, I, I won't have that debate anymore because yeah, Montreal obviously price eventually coming back. That's not gonna save their season. Sorry. Habs fans, it's not going to save your season. Your team sucks. They're bad, man. Um, They're bad. And, and and to be honest, like Ottawa, I, I don't know. They they look they have the pieces for the rebuild, but just something's not clicking. And it's you know they they thought they had the goaltender of the future in Matt Murray, and all of a sudden Matt Murray he's been terrible. Like he's been horrible. And and I don't know if it's Ottawa's relying too much on on young players to, to develop in front of them. They don't have the veteran pieces to kind of lead them out of the rebuild part. I don't know what it is. Um, They've just been horrible. And and to be honest, there's not a whole lot of uh, hope for the future right now for them because, yes, they have the young players, but if the young players don't show up, it's kind of hard to do anything. Yeah, and it's it's weird because, like, at the beginning of the season, I would have said Ottawa is poised to be, like, a fifth or sixth team in the Atlantic Division. Yeah. Right. I knew Buffalo wasn't going to be that good. I didn't think Detroit was going to be as good as they've been this year. I know they're they're hovering around five hundred nine nine and three. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't sure about Boston going into the season, and I'm still not really sure about Boston. I know they have ten wins, but like they just don't look they don't look like Boston, dude. Like they're not they're yeah. not the scary team that we got used to as, as Leaf fans. <laughs> No, oh. and, and, and to be honest, I, I knew Boston wasn't going to be like that going into the season. Yeah, exactly. Yes, albeit they only have 17 games played, so they're really not that far back. You get a couple more wins there. Yeah. You know, the Leafs have played five more games and have 11 more points. So, you know, Boston wins all five of those games. They're all of a sudden a point behind. Right. So, you know, you know, you give them that. But you're, they you're right, don't Boston. Look, they just don't look like a dangerous no. team. No, I mean, they got, they, got, they got pumped by the Rangers yesterday. Yeah. Like, and it's one of those. It's. I'm happy to see it because I I'm not worried about Boston right now. Obviously, I, I think the new Boston right now is Florida. So um, you know, Florida's gonna be one of those tough teams to play against. You know, on any given night, they could they could win. Florida can win two nothing. Florida can also win six five. Like they have piece they have pieces to win both types of games. Yep. And that's what to me that's what worries me about them is. They're a powerhouse in the making, and they're to me they're just getting started. That's the issue. Yeah, and they got the depth. They have the defense. They have the goaltending. Like my God, Spencer Knight and Bobrovsky are both hot right now. Like mm-hmm. that's just not fair. 
And when you get that going behind a good team, it's it's bad. But I want to I want to stick back with Ottawa because there's there's a question that we now have to talk about because you mentioned Murray. Well, he was put on waivers today, or he's going to be put on waivers today, or there's talk of him going on waivers or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They're last in the NHL. They have a minus twenty five goal differential, which is second worst, or sorry, third worst in the NHL behind. Arizona, who we went and watched. and I mean, they played a good game that we were there, but overall they have looked awful this year. And Montreal, who doesn't have their goaltender right now and is missing their top defenseman and can't figure out how to play hockey, really. Yeah. Murray has been bad. I'm not going to say horrible because I've seen worse from Matt Murray, but he's been bad. And now he's going on waivers. That's like six million, almost six million dollar contract for the next two years as well. Well, you know where he's going, right? Arizona. Yep. I said that yesterday to somebody. They're like, nah, because they they just got Scott Wedgwood, and he's he's winning them games when they don't want to win. <laughs> Scott Wedgwood is a fine backup. No know, problem. But he's winning them games that they don't want to win. Why bring in a goalie who might win more games? Because Matt Murray won't win more games. Scott Wedgwood right now is the better goaltender. <laughs> Sorry. Valid. Valid. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, maybe they maybe they, they trade Wedgwood and get another pick for him. Who knows? Like maybe they trade somebody him to needs Ottawa. a good Yeah, somebody needs a good backup. I don't know. Like that that Vanelka kid or Vajelka kid or whatever that the other guy. He's like 0-13 right now. So it's like, just play him every night. You're fine. You're going to lose. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's true. And, like, you look at Murray, like, 890 save percentage, 326 goals against average in six games this year. Hasn't won a game yet. It's not good enough. I take that back. The Vigimelka kid got a win. He did get a win, right? Yeah. I was going to call you out on that, but I'm focused on Murray right now. <laughs> Two games ago, I got to win. Since he's been in Ottawa, Murray has a 338 goals against average and a 326 goals against average in the two seasons. His save percentage hasn't been above 895. And he hasn't looked like a solid goaltender in three years. I mean, like, the biggest thing is, like, a 326 goal against average isn't even that bad. It's it's really not like it's not top of the league, and but I don't really think people were expecting him to be tops of the league. But at the same point, it's the save percentage. The That's save percentage I mean. has to be minimum. Has to be minimum to be a solid goaltender in the league. Has to be minimum nine ten. I would even take nine hundred, depending on how how offensive your team is, right? Like if you if yeah. you're getting scoring, which Ottawa's not, and that's a whole other issue, and we we can talk about that whenever. Yeah, but. If you're going to be a number one goalie, you have to have at least a nine in the hundreds column of your save percentage. No. Eight is not acceptable. It's not okay. And that's why Gustafson is now the starter in Ottawa. Because he's the only yeah. one of the three goalies who has a 900-plus save percentage. Yeah. That's that's the reason. That's it right there. And I just don't know where they go from here, Ottawa. Because they have the young pieces that should be playing well. Right? Like, they, they looked really good at the end of last season. I was confident that they were going to take another step forward. Maybe not be a playoff team, but take another step forward. And now we're back talking about them being in the lottery, going for Shane Wright. Like that is, it's just mind boggling how bad this team is. Yeah. And, and I, I, I have a funny feeling and, you know, sorry to Shane Wright. If Ottawa wins, I think he's, his career is going to be, mellowed out compared to where it potentially could be if he gets drafted to a team that has a future, a big future going forward. And, you know, I think, I think there's two places you don't want to go right now. And that's Arizona and Ottawa. There's two places, you know, I think if, if he somehow goes to Seattle, I think that could be huge for Shane, Wright, Like that type of thing. But like going back to Ottawa, I, as much as his talent is, is fantastic. And I look forward to seeing what he can do in the NHL. I, I, he could get wasted in Ottawa. Yep. Well, let's look at like the bottom teams right now, right? Ottawa, we already talked about they're dead last. Arizona's second last. What about Montreal? 
Leafs fans would hate it, but like, yeah. if he went to Montreal, that might be the best possible solution out of the bottom, let's say, six teams right now. Right, because the well, bottom six: honest, Ottawa, Arizona, Montreal, the Islanders. Who I'm really not sure what to make of the Islanders right now. Seattle's fifth last, and then Vancouver's sixth last, and Vancouver's a mess. I would not want to be going there right now. Ottawa, I don't want to go to. Arizona, I don't want to go to. Vancouver, I'm not really sure about. Don't really want to go to. To, to me, if I'm if I'm Shane Wright, I want to go to Seattle. Yeah, Seattle or Montreal team. are probably your best options, though. Like I think, I think the Islanders could be a good option too. Don't get me wrong. I think obviously new arena, that kind of stuff, and that arena looks fantastic based on what I've seen yeah, so far. Um, I think I think the issue with the Islanders is uh, you know their core is aging right now, mm-hmm. and they don't really have that identity anymore of being you know that hard to play against bruising team, you know because the people that were the, the hard to play against bruising players. Are now thirty five, thirty six, and it's like it's. But that's what I mean. That's why I would say Montreal or Seattle are the two best options. I, oh, I hundred percent agree with you. Is because Montreal, yeah. they have a young core coming up with Caulfield, Suzuki. Um, I'm trying to think of other young players that they have. Okay, maybe those two. Yeah, but they're also not super old, other than like Weber. Yeah, no, and, and and to be honest, right now Montreal has to figure out a way to get rid of those get rid of those terrible contracts. Right? right, Gallagher's contract absolutely horrendous, and even right now, I would say Anderson's contract is absolutely horrendous right now. Yeah, not necessarily money money value, but term. Right. Yeah, you, but you can't you can't justify that term right now with how that team's playing. Yeah, and right now, I don't think that contract's very tradable. Right, but then you have them, or you have Seattle, who is still trying to find an identity, trying to find a, a role in the in the league, and I, I think they have some good pieces. So you add a Shane Wright to that; that's totally good. All right, Kyle, it's time we're gonna we're gonna start a new little segment here. Okay, I would love I wanted Irfan to be here as well, but you know what? We're gonna start the segment anyway. It's called GM Hat. So put your GM hat on, dude. You are now the GM. <laughs> I'll just turn his hat around, folks. Uh, you are now the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I know this is your dream job. Yeah. As the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs, what do you do about the contract situation with Jack Campbell right now? Is this something that you are going to try to push through, get it done in the in the season? Are you waiting until the season's over to see how he does in the playoffs? Or are you going to probably just let him walk because you got Mrazek and Wall? I want, I want to see. As the GM, what is your thought? My my thought, if I was the GM right now, would be Mrazek's gone. Gone, sorry. Good. Like it. I don't, I don't, I don't, like, I, I, I liked the contract originally because I wasn't quite sure what we had in Campbell. And now based on what I've seen from Campbell, I'm good. I, I would have signed Mrazek to a one-year deal. And I would have said, hey, come in. We'll split time, no problem. We'll we'll do whatever. Obviously, can't stay healthy because you can't really split time when you're on the yeah, IR. Yes, but let's. But, but at the beginning of the season, that was the goal. Yeah, hundred percent. But I, I I would get rid of the Morazic contract, free up an extra two million dollars. Joseph Wool looks like a fine backup right now, and I would I would try to extend Campbell right now. I I, I would give him probably I'd probably say four years, um, and to be honest, you probably have to give him probably five five point two five. Yeah, I was. I agree with you, and this is something that was they they talked about it on overdrive yesterday when I was driving into work. Um, because I had to do the Leaf game last night. I'm so tired. Ten <laughs> thirty start is awful. <laughs> but they said, do you sign him now and risk him not living up to the potential, or do you wait until the end of the season where let's say he wins? Say he wins a playoff round for us, or let's say he, I mean, God forbid, he wins the Vesna. Yeah. Right? How much more expensive is he going to be at that point? Like, like right now, I agree with you. I'm thinking in the 4.5 to 5.5 range is probably where a contract for him right now would land four to five years, right? He's 29. That puts him at 34 if we go for, uh, well, let's say 35 for a five-year contract by the end of the season, right? Mm-hmm. 4.5 even 5 million at, for 5 years is I think a very fair contract for Jack Campbell. This guy was a career backup obviously, but he's a solid goaltender. He always has been. 
yeah. you look at his stats all the way through, he's only had one year in the NHL where his goals against average was above 2.85. And that was in one game for Dallas in 2013-14 before he got traded to LA, right? Yeah. In, I want to say, so 103 games. So 102 games. Let's, or 101 games that he's been in since he's come into the NHL all the way back then. Because we'll take out the Dallas one and we'll take out the one game in LA where he didn't have a goals against average because he came in in relief. Right. 102 games where your goals against average is below 2.85. Yeah. His save percentage has never been below 900. And you and me just said, we just talked about this with Matt Murray. If you're going to yeah. be a, a number one goalie, your goals against average or your save percentage has to be above 900. You yeah. said above 910. Okay, he's had one season where it was below 910. And that, well, was, and that's the, what, that was the last season in LA before he got traded. And even then, he had a 915 save percentage after getting traded to Toronto. Well, and that's below 910 for that LA team. That LA team was literally bottom and garbage. 285 goals team. against average for them. Yeah, and, and, and so it's like... To me, I think the biggest thing, and I, I don't get me wrong, I've been a doubter of Campbell. I loved him as a goalie, but I didn't think he could truly take on the number one role. Right. That was my biggest thing, and I'll admit to it. Um, but the biggest thing to me is he's shown he can do that. He's shown he he's capable of playing, you know, I would say 55 to 60 games. And he's also I, I would say that he can do it in a relaxed way. Like, you know, yeah. some guys get in that role and they get really intense, like Bennington, right? guy's intense that's not exactly what this toronto team needs no offense like they need a guy who's relaxed behind them because it then allows the players to feel more relaxed in front of them so i love campbell in this role so five years five million sign me up i'm in i don't care get rid of the morazic contract trade him away you don't need him you don't you got wall you got ian scott in the system you you still have hutch if you really have to for a couple games right No, no for like a game or two kyle Nope. I'm saying if Wall and, and nope. Scott are hurt. Nope. Nope. I, I we'll bring in David Ayers before Hutchison should play another game. I'm not saying Hutchison should play another game, but in a emergency scenario, you don't need to keep Peter Morazic in the system. Hutch can play a game in the regular we season. Got the Zam- we got the Zamboni game. driver. We're good. He's not even with the organization anymore. I would like to point yeah. that out. Still, we'll, we'll call him up. He'll play for us. No problem. They'll call the U of T goalie back up. Alex Bishop, yeah. or was it Alex Bishop? Is it Alex Bishop? I don't know. I'm assuming he Bishop was, was the fan, last so. name. I know that. I think it was Alex Bishop. Yeah. Um, but, like, they have options in the system to be a backup goalie in case of injury. Right? Mm-hmm. Joseph Walls looked very good in three games. I know it's three games. It's a small sample size. He's given yeah. up five goals in three games, one shutout, gave up one goal last night against San Jose, who... In that third period, I thought they were going to score one or two. Not going to lie. They looked they looked dangerous in, in patches there. Yeah. I know you probably weren't yeah. watching the game, but... I was on the ice, so no. At one in the morning? Oh, no. I was, I, I was on the ice and I was sleeping. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. You were not watching the third period of that game. You might have caught yeah. the first period, <laughs> maybe yeah. the second after you came home. But no, he, he was getting... He was thrown into a very weird situation in that third period because he barely did anything the first two periods and then he looked awesome like i like wall and he's 23 years old you sign him to a contract extension as well because his his contract's up at the end of the year i know he's still i think he's technically on an entry level or not entry level but um he's, he's an rfa he's, he's not an rfa going. right so you sign him you sign campbell sign, or did he just sign an extension actually campbell no no wall oh i don't know but no, either sorry, way, like, his extension year. Never mind. I, yeah. So what what I would do for Wall is I would give him a, a probably a two or three year deal, give him a million bucks, right? A two at two or whatever like that. Say, hey, you'll be our backup. You'll play 20, 25 games a year. You'll back up Campbell. If Campbell goes down, you're our guy. And I I don't think he'd have any problem with that. He's twenty three years old. He wants to learn. He wants to develop. And, and the biggest thing is if he's twenty three years old. You know, you're potentially looking at the goaltender of the future who can learn behind Campbell, who's been fantastic so far. Exactly. So, and uh, Campbell's a very, as I said, a relaxed dude. So that's a guy you want to learn from because he's not going to be intense in, in practice. Well, and so the, I, th- I think the biggest thing is 
Yes, if my GM hat on, I would get rid of Morazic. You know, Dubis's hat, I don't think he's going to get rid of Morazic purely because if Campbell goes down, do you want Joseph Wall as your starting goaltender going into the future? No. I, I think I think right now you would have Morazic your backup, and all of a sudden if Campbell goes down, Morazic's a more than capable goaltender to carry your team as long as he stays healthy is a more than capable goaltender to carry your team. And I think I think that's the biggest thing that, you know, looking back at years of, of Leafs past, we never had that 1B option. It was always our goalie and an AHL or young goalie. Come on, so let's see what they can do. We didn't, that, that, that's a 2B, 2A option. There's no one there anywhere. Um <laughs> So, like to me, I, I think I think that's why. Yes, my GM hat, I would get rid of Morazic, but at the same point, I hundred percent understand keeping Morazic. Right. Okay, but here's here's the other yeah. option. Okay. You sign Campbell to the extension midseason. You sign yeah. Wall to the extension midseason. You keep Morazic okay. for the rest of the year, and then you move him at the end of the year. I I think I think purely it would depend on if Campbell stay healthy, stays healthy this year. Yes, I hundred th- percent think in the off season you could move Morazic, and I think Mar- you can move Morazic without retaining money to a team that needs a capable tandem option. I think you know, I, and and it's weird to say a guy who we just signed in the off season moving him next year, but that's just how it works with today's salary cap. You, just, you, you can't you can't justify having two goaltenders. You know, I mean, two goaltenders making what eight point five is I think is what it would end up being. Or uh, not, if, nine something? If if we said five mil for Campbell, is that what we're averaging? Yeah, so nine and a half. Eight eight point eight. Oh, Kamarazic's at what four point or three point three? Three point eight. If we said oh. five mil flat for Campbell. Oh, sorry. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Um so three point eight, I mean you get a hundred percent justify somebody picking up that contract. Oh, easily. And, and no, I I don't think that's the issue. I don't think moving Morazic no. would be an issue. I think that that can be done. Yeah, like Arizona could use a goalie, right? We know that. Um, you could look around the league. There's multiple teams that could use a either a two a one B option or a possible starter, right? Like we could look at New yeah. Jersey, right? Morazic could go there and be uh, a pretty good tandem with Mackenzie Blackwood, mm-hmm. and that team's on the rise too. So that's probably a good place that he could go. Depending on how Price comes back, he could go to Montreal if they don't want to keep Allen. Um, Ottawa could be another good place. Two young goalies, put Morazic in there as well. That's a good that's a good trio of players. And Morazic doesn't need to be like Matt Murray, who needs to start, right, with his contract. 3.8 is not a contract would, that you have to worry about. I would I would almost debate throwing him in LA too. Yeah, and LA too. Yeah, that's an obviously, option. Obviously, John Johnny Quick obviously is probably not gonna go back unless it's on a very reduced contract. Yeah. Um and have Morazic be a, be a backup to Cal Pedersen or be a 1B option to Pedersen yeah, exactly. or be 1A one, one option, whatever it may be. You know, obviously Johnny Quick's contract right now, LA gets out of that and all of a sudden they're bringing another goaltender at $3 million and you have Pedersen and him at a combined $8.5 million. I think, I think that works. Absolutely. So, but I, I like this. I like this segment, GM hat. We're going to do this more. <laughs> We're putting your GM hat on a lot more, Kyle. All right, let's quickly flip okay. over to the NBA before we head out. We got like let's say five minutes quickly, okay, Kyle? The yep. Phoenix Suns, who we saw play last week, yep, are scorching hot. Winners of fifteen mm-hmm. straight, I believe. Yep, that's, that's right, right? Yeah, fifteen yeah. straight wins, sixteen and three. Mm-hmm. Are they the best team in the West right now? Mm, no. I'm assuming you're Golden State there, right? The Golden State's the best team right now, and 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 don't get me wrong, Phoenix is on a tear. I love what they're doing. I love that team. Golden State's the best team, and Golden State's only going to get better. Yeah. <laughs> Clay Thompson got cleared for practice. Clay Thompson is coming back. You add Clay Thompson to that team right now, they might be undefeated. Ah. They're seventeen and two right now. They're seventeen and two. But the thing is, my, my thing is, Clay Thompson also hasn't played in a year and a half, right? Sure. 
So it's going to take him. It, we're not getting Clay Thompson mid playoffs. Clay Thompson here. We're getting Clay Thompson who hasn't played in a year and a half and has to find his way into a new system in Golden State because it ain't the same system that he was playing in a year and a half ago. They have new players. They have new roles. It might take a couple games for him to get fully encapsulated with the team. So if he had started the season that way, they probably still would have lost two games. Like, I don't think... think Uh, Well, well, so let's put this in perspective. Their two losses were to Memphis and the Charlotte Hornets by a combined seven points. Right. Clay Thompson in that lineup probably covers that seven points. You'd think. Even if he's out for six years... Clay Thompson will shoot a three-pointer and potentially tie tie one of those games. He will still have his three-point shot. It's it's going to be his transition, his defense, that kind of stuff is still going to be a work in progress because he can do a three-pointer. He just can't jump. <laughs> he can stand still and do a three-pointer. But like with saying that, Phoenix is on a tear. I love what Phoenix is doing. I love Aiton as the center. To me, he's been developing in the last couple of years on truly being that that – that next generation five um, that you look for in every team. And, and, and um, sorry, five, I meant one, my bad. I knew what you meant. No, it is a five. No, it is a five. Never mind. No, yeah, I, was, I was right. One is, one is point guard, dude. One is point guard. I was going to say, I, I, I was, I was right the first time. Um, and, and, and <laughs> Don't me, second like, guess I, yourself, I, my friend. <laughs> true. I, I, I look at the Suns and I love everything they're doing. I love their bench, all that kind of stuff. Um, do I think they're the best team in the NBA right now? No, I think that's Golden State. Do I think they're the best in the West? No, unfortunately, that's Golden State. Are they the, the best number? Are they the best number two? Yes, and I don't think it's really that close because Brooklyn Brooklyn has the third best record. But right now, I would take the Suns over Brooklyn. It's not even close. So, um, I mean, the, the, it's it's that West is is looking again like it has the last three or four years, where it's the West and everybody else. But here's the thing. I don't agree with that. I think mm-hmm. it's Golden State and Phoenix and everybody else. <laughs> like, well, I, don't, I okay. wouldn't say the West is that good. The Lakers, who we thought were going to lead the West, are sitting in seventh because they look well, awful. The Jazz are always there. That's, that's two. The, so. the Jazz don't scare me when it comes to playoff time. They should. They, do, they don't. I want yeah. them to. Dallas looks okay. I mean... We watched them lose to Phoenix in a game that they probably should have won because yeah. Phoenix wasn't playing that well. Chris Paul looked awful in that game. Well, and and when I was saying it's the West and everybody else, I was more saying the true contenders for the title, Fair. I think, are purely the West. Yeah, Golden State, Phoenix, everybody else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, the second best team in the East right now is the Bulls. And do I see the Bulls as, as a, a championship team? I see them as an Eastern Championship team. Yeah, they could make the championship, but I don't see them beating either one of the Warriors or Suns. You know, Brooklyn, if they ever figure out the whole Kyrie situation, could they potentially be champions? Sure, but I don't think with their current construction, with their current construction, that they are a championship team. But that's the thing. Like I, I am right now. I am not scared of really any team in the East. Like I know Brooklyn's supposed to be a really, really good team. They don't scare me because even if Kyrie no. comes back, I know that gives them three ridiculous weapons, but with two, they aren't like dominating teams like they I thought they would. With Harden and no. Durant, I thought they would dominate teams still, and they're not. Chicago looks very good, a surprise in my opinion. I thought they were going to be like a six or a seven seed maybe in the East, maybe pushing five at most. They look really good. DeRozan yep. is reborn. I don't know what's going on there. Mm-hmm. I'm still not like overly scared of them. I watched them play Toronto, and I know they beat Toronto in Toronto, but like it wasn't convincing. Yeah, Toronto's not that good of a team, so like they're they're okay. Don't get me wrong; I still think 42 wins. I said at the beginning of the season, I'm going to keep preaching it. I think 42 wins is where the Raptors finish, and if they finish on 42 wins, I'll be very happy that I predicted that before the season started. But that's not a good team. That's an okay team. That's an average team. 41 yeah. wins is 50%. Like, okay. Yeah. Miami, I don't really know what to make of Miami because they're either really good one game or really bad. Washington is fourth right now, and eh. The Bucks are sitting in six. They've looked beatable this year. Yeah. 
the 76ers and the Celtics, who I thought were going to be 2-3 in the West, or 3-4 in the East behind Milwaukee and Brooklyn, are sitting in ninth and 10th. Like, I just, no one scares me in the East. No. Nobody. No, not at all. Like, I don't know. I know the worst team in the league is in the West, but still. Yeah. Also, I just want to I just want to mention that that Westbrook trade has worked out fantastic for Washington. Yes, and absolutely. All, all those all those pieces they got from the Lakers that all Lakers fans were like, "Oh, these are bums. They can't do anything." Have all of a sudden, hey, they get an actual shot and they actually look good. Yep. Funny how that works. They look good. No, I, I agree. I think that was a huge uh, trade for Washington, and it's put them into a very good spot for the future. All right, dude, let's wrap this up. Final thought for the week. Hit me with it. Final thought for the week. Hmm. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, to be honest, not a whole lot. Um, Patriots are going to win this week. Let's put that out there. Um, I don't think it's actually going to be close. Um, but no, to be honest, uh, biggest thing I think right now is I said this. I think I said this a couple weeks ago. Lots of free agency signings in MLB, and it's actually very interesting to see how things are shaking out a little bit. Um, you know, the, the, the pitchers market. We had a couple. You know, Syndergaard signing when we were gone. You know, twenty one million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Mart- Mets signed Marte, Canna, and Escobar all yesterday after um, eleven o'clock. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, I mean, to me, to me, it's 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 the interesting time of year because we got sports in the swing of things. NFL playoffs are coming very soon. You know, you know, we're looking about a month away from a month and a bit, I guess, because there's 18 weeks now um, of of playoffs coming, and then now MLB signings because we got the winter meetings coming up, and it's it's a very exciting time. So, absolutely. Um, I I'm gonna go all Canadian on mine. Okay. Ready for this? This weekend, college football or university football in Canada has their national semifinals. Western versus St. FX. Montreal versus Saskatchewan. Um, Huge games. They're going to be broadcast. Make sure you check those out if you have some time. But also, dude, I know this is going to sound crazy. I'm really enjoying watching curling. It's it's just on in the change room because TSN is broadcasting the uh, I can't remember if it's, if it's the Scotties or whatever they're broadcasting one of the tournaments this week. Okay, and it's kind of crazy just to see the chaos that happens in curling, like the standings wise. There's right. a three way tie for third place in the women's bracket, and they're playing off today, all three of them, to to get into the playoffs because it's top three make the playoffs because it's the page playoffs. So two plays three, and then winner of that plays one. So there's a three-way tie for third, which means all three teams have to play this morning in order to get into the playoffs, to get a chance to play for the finals. Like, that's chaos. I love chaos. Chaos is fun. And curling is the definition of chaos. Trying to throw stones at a single little point, closest to wins points, and you're just trying to block your opponent from getting to the the dot. Like, I love it. It's chaos. I don't know why. Yeah. So I'm going full Canadian. I want university football. I want uh, curling going all the time. I'm I'm good. This week has been fun for me to watch sports. And I don't think you would have also, ever expected me to say that I would my final thought is I'm enjoying watching curling. No, I I don't think I ever would have assumed that to be honest at all. At all. So um no, Adam Frazier just got traded to Seattle by the way. I saw that. Yeah, while we were while we've been going um and so Liverpool that, won 4-0 at at uh, Anfield. So Yeah, so that 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 trade's actually interesting. I, I like that for Seattle. Yeah, that's a good move. I, I like what Seattle's doing. I know they just missed out on the playoffs this year. Um but they're 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 making some moves and it's uh it's positive. So that'll do it for us this week, Kyle. Um if you are looking to follow the show, make sure you check out our Twitter, Garage Door Sport, or on Instagram, Garage Door Sports with an S. Kyle will post his November stash on November 30th, right? 30. Yep. yep, last day. Last day uh, on the Instagram account. Uh, I don't think you really need to do it on Twitter, but if you want to, you're more than welcome to, dude. Uh, we will post stories. We're trying to get more up there as much as possible. Make sure you check it out. You can also check out the website, garagesports.com, if you are looking for some stories there as well. I 
will be covering the CPL Finals Media Day next Saturday. So make sure you check out the Instagram then because I will be posting pictures. I will be posting uh, interviews with players, uh, coaches, whatever I can get. That'll be a lot of fun. It'll be cold because mm-hmm. it's, oh, yeah. it's at Tim Hortons Field outdoors, so it's going to be cold. But I'm excited for that. Um, and yeah, just lots of cool stuff happening. If you're looking for us personally, check us out at Nick McVicker and at Kyle Vardy, respectively. Um, on Twitter, on Instagram, both of them are the same, thankfully, because <laughs> we kept it simple. <laughs> no underscores, no numbers, simple. And, got too early. Uh, yeah, we tried to keep it easy. Um, other than that, dude, Always fun talking to you. Glad we got to do this again. And for everyone here at Garage Door Sports, I want to thank you for listening. And we will see you next time.